0: Metal Episode Thirty Seven. Um, once again, joined by Rob for our kind of end of the year roundup. Last year we did a top twenty, and that drove us insane. So we're not <laughs> going to do that again. The way we thought we'd split this is we were doing a a top ten, which will release right at the end of the year, and beforehand we're going to do a kind of just chat about all the stuff we enjoyed this year. So all the various mm. albums that either didn't make our top ten because they weren't quite as good, or just haven't we haven't given them the time to. So get- getting all the kind of great releases, but just not in that much
1: detail um yeah, I think it's it's nice for us last year we found that as well as being a bit of an exhausting marathon recording session it. Also meant there were a few things we just didn't really get the chance to mention and We were a bit burned out by the time we were doing honourable mentions. So it's nice to have that chance yeah. to just talk about all the interesting stuff that came out this year that, you know, maybe didn't reach the heights of everything, but was still interesting and is still worth talking about. Well, and some of the albums are truly brilliant.
0: There's a lot oh. we'll be covering here that I would have no argument with someone just saying that was an absolute favourite of the year. Yeah. So yeah. the way we're going to split this up is I think we're going to do a bit of a breakdown by subgenre, because that's pretty fun, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so, no particular order, we'll jump into Doom first, because mm. we like a bit of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: so so what, which Doom albums are you listening to this year you really like, Rob? So, it's quite an early one, actually. One of the ones I really liked, which um, got into top 20, but wasn't really near enough to get to top 10, was um, Mesa's Feast for Water. Mm. So we covered Mesa a while back with their first album, um, which name is escaping me at the moment. Belfry. Uh, that's right. And so they've they've sort of come back from that. And I think they've really tightened it up on this album. They've expanded the melody, particularly their guitar playing's reached new levels. They've put loads of new guitar melodies into this album, which is wonderful. They've added these more sort of dark jazz elements as well, these ambient sections which just sort of like stretch out. But they've faded them really nicely into the songs. And this whole album feels really, really complete. And it still has these really powerful vocals in it as well. So yeah, I really liked how they'd settled in on their formula and made everything more cohesive with this album yeah
0: i've got to admit i
1: don't like this one as much as the first one yeah i wasn't interesting i wasn't
0: so like it's a good album i just i really like the first one and as much as i kind of they have tied up the sound and it's less experimental i don't think it has as many great choruses which was the thing i really liked about the first album these really big uh there isn't a track
1: on it that rivals Hour of the Wolf from the first one. Yeah, I, I think it is quite different. In that like, it has less of those gigantic riffs in it that yeah, the first yeah. one had, and it's just moved in a slightly different direction. It's more experimental. It's more intelligently written. Yeah, I just kind of no, no, no I, I, I can get there because in a way it is less doomy. It, yeah, certainly, yeah. and it has moved. It's gone much more down these sort of like ambient dark jazz in, um, influences, which I really like. So I think I like it because it goes down that angle of stuff that I like for different reasons. But no, I can I can see that.
0: In a similar vein, one I really liked that I don't think he actually got around to was mm. King Goat's De- uh, Death of Aeons, which is um, kind of more doing what I kind of liked metaphor yeah, back in the yeah. day with just being very bombastically vocal. It's, it's a male singer on this who's got this mm. really powerful, huge voice. Like, and it's just like. It's got a lot of depth to that kind of older can of sound, but it's not quite as cheesy. It's a lot more. Yeah. Th- there is more of an kind of extreme metal edge in there. But if you, if you want clean
1: vocal doom, this is one of the, the absolute highlights of mm. this year. So uh, here's another thing that I guess this probably fits within doom. This is a hard band to pin down. Um, but one i really wanted to talk about was um, Sumac's album this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Love in Shadow, which is bizarre, and I've not given it enough time yet. It's really interesting. So Sumac come out of um ISIS, the main guy from ISIS okay. came to form Sumac, which is a three-piece um and you know, an amazingly talented set of musicians who they're one of those bands where particularly on this album, like there's individual snare drum hits where you hear them and just think, that is the perfect snare drum hit. That's just perfect. They know exactly how to play their instruments without being a super technical band. So this is their third album and it's about an hours worth of music which they had mostly written before they were contacted by a Japanese experimental artist um Kaiji Haino who has previously worked with Boris and a few other groups and is interested mm. in sort of metal and blues and various different music and he invited them over to his studio to just sort of jam and improvise and you know experiment so they came over there with this mostly written material and he encouraged them just to in these sections of negative space between the songs, just, like, jam it out and add some extended sections, and the result is really quite something. There are a couple of moments where I feel it it doesn't quite work, but mostly it, like, it really does explore this space and creates this, like, really weird, unpredictable album, which still has sections in it which are, you know, very clearly written and articulated, and there's lots of ideas flowing through them, but then it will descend into these you know slow and super heavy bits where there's no guitar and the bass is just like holding down this horrible rhythm and it will bring it back up and um, it's just a really fascinating listen and the story behind it is really interesting as well how they explored those songs and expanded on them for improvisation so Mm. it's really worth checking out if you're into something that's slow and disgusting but can also get really fast and experimental and bluesy and jazzy as well yeah, I, I completely missed this one, so it's definitely one I'll be
0: going back to. Mm. One, uh, another one that I've heard that Rob hasn't is Bast's latest album, uh, Nana Angstrom, which mm. is, I'd say, it's more in that kind of neurosis type mm. vein, like the Isis Neurosis sound. That kind of very slow burning, massive builds, lots of complex changes in pace. This is one I think. I just regret at this point. I've not heard enough. Like yeah. it, it's it's definitely something that's going to be on great rotation coming up. Like I highly recommend if you like any of that kind of yeah. I don't know how you quite describe that in the rotating sound, but if you mm. like any of that kind of real building stuff,
2: yeah, it's yeah. it's
0: very in that vein. and it's more like that. It's not like how you know. Mastodon have taken that sound. It's more in the kind of atmospheric end yeah, rather than the yeah, kind of yeah. more rocky riffy end of it. That yeah, that's
1: been a real highlight. Um I suppose in Doom we've had. There's the recent Candlemass EP that's come out. with um, so I've I've only given it one listen. that's oh, the extent yeah, yeah. where it's at uh, with original vocalist back in Candlemass. How so. does he sound? So he doesn't sound the same as he does on Epicus Dumicus Metallicus. But... So you're
0: saying in 35 years his voice <laughs> yeah, has changed a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's changed a little bit since those days. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. You know, I gave it one listen and thought, this sounds like you know proper Candlemas to me. Um, there's maybe a couple of moments where I feel it's a little bit too cheesy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's Candlemas. And I'm very excited for that with the original vocalist. He sounds really good. Um, you know, I think he's a... He's a, he's a step up and he feels he feels that traditional doom vibe and he still has a reasonably unique voice yeah just yeah. like he did so yeah I'm very excited to see that back together but just haven't been able to given it time uh, and I think hopefully they'll have an album out soon so cool yeah, cool I'm excited for that
0: no that, that should be really good there's there's a couple of really good on the more extreme end albums as well both mournful congregation and hooded menace have put out something this year hooded menace is <laughs> one of his bands where. I always quite like what they do.
3: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: Like their albums are never like my absolute favourite thing. It's just I'll put it on and be like, Yeah, that was a really Yeah. That was yeah. really good. And it, it this one very much in that same vein again. And Mournful Congregation, The Incubus of Karma is quite a good album. I some for some reason it doesn't click for me as much as their previous one, Book of Kings, did, and I can't yeah,
1: say why. And it's one of those things where listening to stuff for this end of year list, I was I was thinking about the Funeral of Doom, and there was that, and there was um, Evoken, which really stood out. And yeah, yeah, there was something about Evoken which just had it this unified piece and all these different elements. And Angels of Karma is really solid; like it is a solid sort of you know slower Funeral of Doom style album. Um, definitely some really interesting stuff in there. It just didn't hook in in the same way that Evokan did. Yeah. One one that I think missed the mark but a lot of people disagree with me on is uh Job's Our Raw Heart. So I'm I'm with you here. I think Our Raw Heart is a perfectly fine album and has yeah. some really good <laughs> moments, but honestly it it like it's just good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know I know that Beauty and Falling Leaves, which is the massive sixteen minute track off it, which which is very good, although I feel it's too long for the sake of being <laughs> long, actually got into the Guardians um, you know, top whatever songs from the year. So it's really nice to see Metal being given that recognition and Yob are, are brilliant. Like there's well, no denying that.
0: This thing though, they, they really took off like when um uh Path path to Ascend came out. I yeah. got in like NME's top like five yeah, or something. Yeah. Which for for non-UK listeners is like a massive publication here. I'm not don't know if it's published abroad at all. But like that that was like this really big deal of they kind of hit like almost the mainstream. This is a shame with our raw heart, it seems to be like that's the you album know, a lot of people are getting recommended this band. It's like that's not the start point by a million miles no. for your so like,
1: so like if I was to if you look at original face, which is a song off it, I think that's a great starting song to give someone. But I mm. wouldn't, I wouldn't want to give them this album because, despite it having some amazingly amazing moments, it just overall is not nearly as strong as something like clearing the path to your Sand, which is you know much more recent and still much better. You know, and and Yob have a curse that they have written marrow as a song, and I'm not <laughs> sure if they will ever write anything better because it's so good. Mario is pretty incredible. Yeah. Is the um is the video of Mike Shike performing that live from this year? Because yes, yes, it yes. Is. <laughs> in which case, go and watch that. Mike yeah. Shike does an amazing acoustic performance of Mario, and it's utterly beautiful. yeah, no, it you is. It is it. truly
0: incredible that clip. Now, something like probably, probably, like I'd say between us, a joint favorite kind of doom bands, not in our top ten this year, mm. is a band. Both me and Rob, uh, well, we. Now the colours of the last one before. This is the third album from Oceans of Slumber*, yeah. uh, *The Banished Heart*, which is absolutely excellent. Like yeah. they, they've taken their more kind of progressive, varied sound from the previous album and kind of gone more atmospheric and yeah. less, like less ever-changing. I'd say on this yeah, one. Yeah,
1: it's. I was going to say it's slower. I don't think it really is much slower, mm. but it's, it's darker and more moody and atmospheric. Yes. The whole thing has this unified feeling to it and winter's a fantastic album and and this takes that but yeah it really unifies it and the whole thing is just sort of steeped in this like slightly unpleasant atmosphere and this sadness and this melancholy to it and it's a really good album. Yes, For some yeah. reason, it just didn't get high enough on the list this year. Well, yeah, but I, I, but I love it to pieces.
0: I, I would say I don't love it as much as I did Winter. Winter I found instantly hugely engaging, whereas The Banished Heart I did have to work on a bit more
1: to get get into it. I found this was a slow burner. Like it did yeah. take some time. I listened to it at first and I thought this sounds a little bit more sort of simplistic than what we have. Before. Was less ever changing. Less yeah, fitting yeah. around the place. But I think putting that work in, it it does have that amazing atmosphere. Some of the high moments on it, like um, I think the Banished Heart, the song, has these amazing clean passages, these ridiculously powerful choruses in it, which are just otherworldly and in a style which I can't think of another band who does it in that way and who captures those atmospheres. And it still has properly heavy death metal sections. So it's still mixing those things in together and making those genres work for something completely different.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's... um... Is with me.
1: Another thing, if we're sort of in the doom and slightly including post rock in here, a thing I just wanted to mention because uh, it's it's quite good, but it's not my thing. Is um, the oceans and um, Franozoic one Paleozoic? Oh, I've
0: not got around to this yet. This has been very popular
1: yeah. this year, so so I like it. I don't think this really fits my style of progressive music. Like the the vocals don't quite work for me, and there's a lot of stuff in it where I'd say, I say I I like it, but I don't love it, and I don't think it's something that would come in my top twenty or something but it's certainly really interesting. But the thing I want to bring up is I fucking love the theme of it. The theme is so good. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's um, the Phanerozoic and it's the Paleozoic. So each song goes through a um, period of time. So they've got, I think they go from the Cambrian to the Devonian. So they go through a series of geological periods in time and they explore sort of emotions related to them. And I absolutely love that. I think that's so cool. It, that sounds very up your alley. It's very my sort of thing. Yeah. And they, you know, they have a word with each. Other. I think Devonian is nascent. So they come with like an emotive word for each period and try to describe it and then realize it musically and I, I love that so much I'm so glad they've done it so presumably they will then continue on to the next bit where we will get from if we finish at Devonian, presumably we'll be going from Permian. Oh no, no, we've got Permian on this as well. And I like that Permian's there, because the Permian is... I'm sorry, the Permian is the most metal thing ever, because it was the... The the end of the Permian was the biggest mass extinction of all time, when 96% of marine species died, and about 70% of land species. This will come back in another album that I'll talk about, but... Yeah, I just love the theme they've gone for with this, so I'm looking forward to more of that.
0: So that brings us more into the kind of the, the prog realm. There's like, uh, some, been some interesting releases. This year I got into Between the Buried and Me, who I'd oh, never okay. really got around to listening yeah. to before, and so I picked up Automata Part 1. So they released two albums this year, Part 1 and 2, of Automata and Colours. Because and, it was just a band I just... <laughs> never made the time for them I think it's because they it came from metalcore mm. and they're not really a metalcore band at all there's the edge of that in their sound yeah. I'd always put off listening to them but I mean is I bought colours at the same time as Automata and Automata definitely isn't as good as colours uh, so okay. my, my main yeah. description of it is yeah it's got some really cool interesting stuff it's some great sort of prog meets more modern extreme metal mm. But listen to their yeah, own stuff. That's what? interesting <laughs> because
1: yeah, they they've, they've I've, I've listened to bits and pieces and it's never quite clicked. So yeah, maybe this is something to go back and explore. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Interesting. Uh, there have been a few kind of ones I've totally missed this year. Like, I, I do not get... Like, as a big fan of this band,
1: I do not get the new Orphan Land album at all. Oh, okay. I, yeah, you, I don't I've only it. listened to it in passing. and um, it, it, it Yeah, it was at that point where it was quite late in the year and I was just going for a lot of things that I knew I'd missed and it mm. didn't grab me really quickly. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough.
0: Uh, one that I got picked up really recently, which is a band I've been going for ages and I've never delved into before, mm. is Madame Morton's Marrow which is kind of, it's uh, that Norwegian end of prog. So, you know, think bands like Leprous and so on, but it's like a really bombastic over-the-top female vocalist over, like, on and off extremely heavy riffs. Like, this album constantly has that thing of going, I was not expecting these vocals (laughs) on these riffs. It, It has some incredibly weird vocal deliveries. Like, there's a lot of choices in this album that are... Totally left field and made me want to delve into more of their catalogue. There mm. there's I only picked up the album a couple of weeks ago. And it's all over the place. So like, every song sounds like it could come from a completely different album. Oh, right. There's like yeah. backing screen vocals in places. It's yeah, it's it's a really complex, interesting modern prog album and yeah, yeah I, I definitely think one I want to spend more time on. Um, and the yeah, band I want to dig into further. Another one, Like this is a long list of great bands I've just got this year, yeah, so yeah. Crippled Black Phoenix is oh, yes. um, yeah, yeah. another British project who are like a big musical collective who've been going for years and years and their latest album, The Great Escape,
1: is incredible. The, I, the bits I've heard from it sound really impressive, the sort of guitar work in there and the vocals as well, they're just, they're so sort of anthemic in a way, mm. but captures so much emotion within it. Yeah, this is very much like... It's not a metal album. This is far
0: more post-rock. But there's a lot of extremity to it. And mm. it's just complex and ever-changing. But in a very subtle kind of manner. There's just, yeah, so many interesting choices. And just, yeah, they're just a band like I'm really, really impressed by. And I think something I'd be really like interested to delve back further into. And again, it's one I just came across a bit late for it to kind of... Mm be like one of my absolute favorites this year but yeah it's yeah i'd I'd like to see how much the rest of their stuff is like this but the amount of
1: variation stuff going on in it i was yeah really impressed okay cool um another one which and this is so this is one that i'm probably going to talk about at some length because it's a one that i find really (laughs) interesting uh is corada um with their first release salt so corada are really interesting they are formed from the breakup of Um, With Don Anderson, uh, Jason William Walton and Aesop Decker from Agalock, who joined up with Aaron John Gregory of Squalus and Giant Squid fame uh, who came in to play guitar and sing sing vocals for them uh, and do all the other weird vocal stuff that he does. So they pulled together this album, and the idea of it was, reading some interviews with them, it was to go in and do something like they'd never done before. So John yeah, Anderson yeah. is working on the new Sculptured album, so for sort of progressive oh, cool, death. Oh, they coming back. Yeah, so, so that's all happening. For sort of giant squid stuff, Aaron has said that they'll be putting something out maybe in five or six years oh, or so. I thought they were completely done as well. So they're on hiatus, but he said they might be coming back in a while. So all of these other musical things are happening. Agalock has reached its end, that all finished. And they came together and said, look, we want to do something completely different and just do mm. something weird. We're covering all these other bases, so let's just go wild. Um, and they've created something that is completely different and was one of, I think, one of the hardest listens I had of the year because I'm a huge fan of Outlock, a big fan of Giant Squid as well, and I came into it and I didn't know what to expect, and it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, the first song they released, Ossify, it starts, off, it starts off with these, like, keyboards which build into this sinister sort of moment and then there's this like weird sort of almost poppy groove which comes yeah, in yeah. with Aesop Decker playing some quite simple drums over that but it's really grown on me and it's a really interesting album it feels super live and super together and they've started playing live now they're supporting job I've seen a couple of videos and it looks just as sort of high energy as Don Anderson always looked when he was playing of Agalok which is hilarious for the English lecturer that he is <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> But it's 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 a crazy record and it moves around through all sorts of different moments, through things that are sort of like experimental black metal to weird poppy stuff to these giant spiritual moments of loads of keyboards to like weird and gothic bits to rock. And there's bits where you think that's a very clear Don Anderson guitar bit, which you could hear in Agaloc or you could hear in Sculptured. And then there's bits where you think, well, that riff sounds like more like it's come from Giant Squid. But they've remixed it together into something that's completely different. In the first 10 seconds, you'll hear a trumpet.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's got cellos and keyboards and all this vocal layering. Uh, I absolutely love what Aaron John Gregory does with his vocals. He has a very unique style of delivery. And he'll use these sort of like low, more guttural things on things like water rights whereas he's got this like really unique high voice which I really like and is yeah, he, very expressive in a way He has it. a
0: very strange singing voice. He does,
1: but it and it gives the whole thing a completely different feel. Um there's some fun descriptions of it as well. Aaron has said that if this was a movie it would be the original Mad Max meets Jurassic Park meets The Road. Um, (laughs) I I don't even know what that
3: means (laughs) so
1: I I think so the the whole album has sort of an apocalyptic feel to it yeah it's a lot of it is about you know the changing world um, recognising problems that exist in the world particularly Mm. in regards to climate change and where I think Aaron lives the sea is sort of coming in in California and they're thinking of what to do with these buildings that are soon going to be underwater Um, And he talks about things like Donald Trump being president and the world in which his kids are growing up in. Yeah, And, and, you know, them setting up bits of California for more oil drilling in a planet that is already dying. And a lot of the parts of the album are exploring him as a father, thinking, right, so what is this world that they're, you know, going to grow up and live in? Um, And one of my favourite quotes from this is that uh, he said that when he when he was first brought in as the singer, he he spoke to Don and Don said to him, Look, this can't rec- this record isn't gonna be about oceans and sharks and shit And he said, Well Giant Squid isn't actually about that. It's actually using that to interpret the human condition. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure I can see that. <laughs> there's there's some good explanations of the song Neonate, which I can sort of see where he's kind of. Okay, from okay. <laughs> um yeah, I've I've talked about this a lot. Um it's got some really great stuff, fantastic performances from people like Aesop Decker as well. Yeah, Aesop's drumming on this is excellent. Comes with an amazing aggressive punk feel, which like really brings the whole thing alive, pulls all these genres together, um, yeah, and just does something really, really interesting. And the idea of salt, it's called salt, um partially because of the sea in California which is eating up all of the places where they live. Um, and if you know, once all the water is gone, once it's all evaporated and everything is dead, what have you got left? <laughs> that's so
0: that's
3: amazing it's,
1: it's a fantastic album um, it's really odd and it's you know it's just something completely new I strongly recommend going to check it out
0: yeah yeah, I, I really like this one I've just again it's something I need to listen to a lot more because it is so complex and so alien to what I'm used to but like, mm. this isn't one for Agaloc fans to just jump no, into no, I think not? a lot of Agaloc fans will fucking hate this I think, ever, I think but...
1: they will and I kind of love that they just went no fuck it we're going to do something we like and I'm just you know purely express
0: I'm gonna jump to the other subgenre I've just labelled "other," which is, <laughs> <laughs> which actually isn't like particularly weird stuff for the most part. Mm. It's just bands that don't quite fit into our usual category. Yeah. So two I really enjoyed this year were Fucked and Bound, too. me and Hannah covered a few mm. months back, mm. and High Tension, which are both like female-fronted hardcore uh, bands. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, both those albums are uh, suffrage and purge, just fucking
1: excellent. Like I, if you're into that more kind of aggressive, to the point hardcore. Both of these are really excellent. Because there is something about that that, you know, I think particularly when you listen to, you know, the old punk bands I listened to when I was growing up and things like The Clash or The Sex Pistols or something like that, there's something about these hardcore bands and some grindcore bands as well where there's that primal aggression that they just fulfil that need in a way, because I'm listening to the one with Fucked fucked Band, it's just like, there's something really amazing about that. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you get it right, there's that, that primal urge. Alright, we're going to have to get
0: to this some point. I think there's an album on this list that me and Rob are going to have a disagreement about. Oh, um, I think I
1: might know what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: so Clutch released their, like, 12th or 13th album? Something or? like that, Uh yeah, yeah. Book of Bad Decisions. So, if you've listened to us for a while, you know, both me and Rob are really big Clutch fans. You quite like this album, quite don't quite you? like this one,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've heard that this household might not approve of this album. But... Uh, I, I I hate this album. Really? I really don't like it. Interesting.
0: I don't. I couldn't really put my finger on my problem with it, but much like Orphan Lands' album, they're a band I really like, and something about this mm. I, I've never finished it. I've not actually got to really? like okay. because because like bands like this, I like to listen to in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't get past
1: about half an hour in. I, it just... oh, that's weird. Oh, I, I quite like this one. I don't. I certainly don't think it's the best thing they've ever done, but. I quite like the inclusion of brass sections on it. I think yeah, the Neil yeah. Fan's vocals are still exceptional. and yeah. just, I, I, I found there were some really nice riffs in this. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I, it's, I think it's as well, it's because it's riding high on um, Earth Rocker and Psychic, Psychic Warfare, warfare. Yeah. which are two of the best albums the band's ever done. Yeah.
1: And how does it compare against those two for you? So when I first... So I found that actually the one before this, Psychic Warfare, was a little difficult for me. Yes. And when oh. I was getting into it, Um, this is more easily accessible than I found Psychic Warfare. And I don't really know why, but I got into this way more easily. And I haven't listened to it for nearly as long as Psychic Warfare, because my opinion of Psychic Warfare changed quite a lot as I listened to it. Yeah, yeah. And I now rate it up there as one of their best, um, alongside things like Blast Tyrant and Elephant Riders. Yeah. yeah. Um, And this definitely isn't as weird as something like Blast Tyrant or Elephant Riders. No, No. Or even Psychic Warfare. But, I, I yeah, I just feel it's a really solid hard rock album. I, I I probably wouldn't put it up where they were the top things I've ever done, mm. but I really enjoyed listening to it. So, I, I would say yeah. the the video
0: for How to Shake Hands definitely sold me. That's that, amazing. That is fun. Yeah, I, I do like that. that's probably yeah. my favourite music yeah. video this year. yeah Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um some now on to one we're way more in agreement on. This mm. is the only power metal album we'll cover because okay. it's not a power metal album. And <laughs> 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 uh, this is Manticora's terribly named To Kill <laughs> to, to Live To, live to kill, kill. Which I don't even know what that means. No, but...
1: no, I was trying to think it was like, Are you killing to live on so you can kill more people? Is is that the idea? I don't know. But this album is fucking amazing. So what it is is essentially
0: Manticora have always been on way off the deep end for darkness in power metal. Yeah, like yeah. their older albums, while one truly still power metal, are scary. Like they yeah. they they have a real dark edge to them. This they've just done away. Bar the vocals, this is a death metal album. It's much, <laughs>
1: yeah, no, listening to this and well doing the listening for this coming up, I was listening to things like Alkaloid and then put on Manticora and I was like Uploads more complex, but this is just as heavy and just as ferocious and right up there. The drum performance is terrifying. It's phenomenal. It, yeah. it is. Is- the
0: guy is so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then but it's all like all led by these super clean high pitched mm. vocals. But the, the the vocals have such attack to them. Yeah. They still sound as brutal. And then mm. there's like backing screams as well. So it's actually gone like the the guitars must be down in like like A tuning or something, like yes. Yeah. So... But it's
1: properly heavy power metal, so it's really putting that power the central of it, and mm. yeah, it's it's such a like brutal listen in a way the, which you don't expect for a band like this. And I love that they're doing this and they're exploring those sort of boundaries of power metal and doing something really interesting. Yeah,
0: uh, and, and like the guitaring's insane on it. The solos it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the solos are utterly unbelievable. Mm. The the massive problem with it is just it's almost eighty minutes long. And mm. it totally front loads the good songs. Yeah. It, if if it was just the first six songs, this would be one of the best things I'd I'd like heard yes. in years. Yeah. But then it really tails off and runs out of ideas in the second mm. half, which is a real letdown. But um, yeah, I still really love it. It's oh, <laughs> great.
1: We mentioned in an episode earlier this year was Astura um, yes. with The Room. And as we said then, like this is an amazingly ambitious, fascinating mm. album, which perhaps suffers from some of the same problems that it's really long and maybe loses it a little bit towards the end. But the bits that it gets right, it gets so right. It combines this sort of amazing film, store, film score style orchestral music with this like progressive power metal with two. Two um, incredible clean vocalists at the front of the whole mm. thing, Thomas Lang on drums. So it's an amazingly sort of instrumentally tight performance, um, but just builds these like sonic landscapes which are so big and so, yeah, like bringing both power metal and progressive music and film scores together, you know, creates the biggest thing you've ever heard, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, one final one I want to get to, which I can't really classify, was genre I put it under uh, probably more hardcore. And I don't know if you've listened to this is the third, I think, third album by the band The Lion's Daughter, Future Um, Cult. This is quite an intense listen. It's a kind of mixture of John Carpenter-esque keyboards, like horror movie synths, over really heavily distorted like extreme yeah. kind of
1: hardcore music. It's great. Like I love, <laughs> I love that combination. I love that someone has thought to do that and listening to it. Yeah. It is that thing Remember, we mentioned, we mentioned it with bands before where you listen to it and it feels like, you know, a movie of some kind or feels yeah, like a yeah. horror movie and this has that feel, but then uses a completely different, like really aggressive musical language to put it across. And yeah. like, I love that people are taking those sort of elements and adding them into heavy music. Definitely.
0: I, I really love this album. Like, because of the very simplistic keyboards, which are right up in the mix, mm. it's super catchy, despite everything being so distorted and harsh behind yeah, it. like yes. There's distortion on the vocals for like, the entire album. The drum performance is just... Like if you remove the keyboards this would be a very heavy and oppressive (laughs) album but with them it comes back to kind of quite catchy and accessible yeah Yeah, yeah. it's definitely something I really loved and the whole aesthetic they've gone for as well like the album cover is an actually is a a very strange photo and yeah but it's one of the better ones for going through the lyric book of just like it's fucking weird art it's it's a
1: bizarre album but no I really enjoyed listening to this one just yeah like a real sort of breath of fresh air of combining new things that I hadn't thought people
2: would combine
0: get on to the obvious two genres we'll be talking about um, <laughs> I guess black metal first and we can do the yeah. giant yeah, death yeah, metal yeah. pile
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the, the stack of death metal
0: so so have you got any like, like black metal albums you've really loved this year like in
1: the more traditional vein so most of the stuff that I listened to this year came more under death metal with black metal mm. as an addendum on the side um, so I mean Panopticon was the one that stood out but we will get into that um, in the next episode so no, I, there wasn't a huge amount else, actually. So, okay, because yeah. one for me that I absolutely loved was the new
0: Selvan's album, uh, uh, Fa- yeah. Fanualia. Like, so the, these guys have been around for quite a while, and I've got, at the start of this year, got super into their stuff. They're on Avant Garde Music, which is mm. I really love a lot from, and they're one of the real highlight bands. They're, they're taking that kind of, it's folk-influenced black metal, but in a very low-fi proggy kind of way. Mm. So it's like a folk-influenced black metal that
1: occasionally goes 70s prog. Yes. Saying that, I did listen to this one and there's the weird psychedelic bits that mm. will come in sort of out of nowhere and it's sort of, I think, when we were coming something like um already Pazuzu yeah, where yeah. you have those like psychedelic elements brought in and it can help bring out different elements of the black metal that you get and exploring it and getting new parts out because the psychedelic stuff can be quite scary but it can also be quite cheesy and bringing that in is really interesting.
0: And, and so ones definitely sit on the cheesy end of yeah, it. So yeah, they are yeah. not they're not trying to make anything that isn't very kind of catchy and engaging but just doing it with very traditional raw sounds like this album has a really a really and all this stuff has this kind of really nice natural tone to it. It it all feels a little bit Wolf's in the Throne Room, mm. but if that was just a <laughs> yeah. bit weird and folky,
1: through seventies Prague and folk, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a really <laughs>
0: solid band. Another one I really liked was uh, Slyveni' uh, "Atoms Aligning, Coming Undone," which is a one-woman project who's so she's teamed up with Nij of Alcest mm. to make a a very Alcesty oh, album. Okay. cool. So it's yeah, it is you know somewhere along the lines of Mirka, Alcest that mm. kind of mm. that kind of sound with like mixture of I think there's screams in there as well, but lots of very haunting, clean vocals yeah. and that kind of post-black metal sound. It's really good. The problem is Nijas on it and it's not quite Alcest. <laughs> yeah. And because Nijas on it, I'm always like, oh, it's and quite Alcest. Because he's been
1: doing that for so long and he's sort of perfected how to do that Alcest sound.
0: Yeah. But this, this is still
1: absolutely brilliant. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm being too harsh on it there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing that did this too was the new Ishan album, mm. um, which again was really interesting. Ishan is still doing really interesting things and... You know, he's, he's one of those people who I find really interesting because a lot of black metal stuff ends up with a sort of elitism in it towards certain types of black metal um, and that you can't go away from this because this is, you know, what true black metal sounds like. It has to be lo-fi. It can't have these extra elements in it. It can't do weird proggy stuff. And Ishan has been proving that wrong for years and years and years and years. And, you know, doing this stuff where he continually experiments and brings in new electronic elements and brings in saxophones and all of this stuff. Um, and I, I, I did enjoy this album. It just didn't do anything groundbreaking for me. Yeah, I've got to admit,
0: this is one I picked up and put down very quickly. I really yeah. liked the first track with um, like Tobias's really fast drumming yes, on it. Yeah, sounded yeah, excellent. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Eshon for me has gone a bit off the boil recently. Like I know, I think in our very first episode we covered his previous album, Mm. and that one I grew tired of way quicker than it. Like the problem I have with Eshon solo stuff is he's never got better than Angel and After the two and three. Um, Yeah, like and those have always just sort of the highlight, and
1: everything he's done since never. No, uh, no, it hasn't really lived up to some of those like sort of amazing, like, weird guitars and gigantic saxophone hooks from after. It's just,
0: yeah. Yeah, and another band that uh, slightly disappointed me this year, although live, they are truly incredible still. The are Wedgie Dude or Vegan Dude, uh, however you pronounce the yeah, name. Yeah. They released their third album, and there's something, it's so good. It's just, there's something lacking. It doesn't quite mm. have the punishing atmosphere of the previous two. Yeah. So they made quite a serious change to how they produced it. It's hard to quantify what isn't working the same, but mm. I don't mm. think it's anywhere near up to the standard of the first two. Yeah. But, you know, they are still one of the best live bands yeah. going, so, you know, there it's a minor complaint. One I think we both both really like this year, which is sort of black metal, the New Zealand Ardor.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm a big fan yeah. of the New Zealand Ardor. So, you know, from their first, you know, small album that they put together back in, well, the first release was in... 2016. Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah. Um, you know they've really expanded on it. He's brought in a full backing band, including two backing vocalists, to, and he's been playing live. Um, I unfortunately, missed him in Bristol this time as I was out at uh, conference elsewhere. But they're around. They're playing live. They have a full band there, and yeah. now they've put together this full album, full of you know taking the concepts that they experimented with on the first album and bringing that to a full length. The first album really sounds like a
0: very interesting well put together demo it, yeah it's yeah. got because of the program drums because of the the amount of changing elements it it's a bit all over the place whereas this is far more kind of together and it yeah. flows a lot better it feels it feels like a whole band playing live because it is a yeah. whole band playing and yeah. i actually made it like that gig, rob mentioned yeah. and i say live is now where to see zielanardo the only problem i have with what zielanardo are doing in terms of live is they're bringing really odd support. They brought like oh, a okay. kind of a really mellow post rock instrument. Oh no, no, they had vocals, yeah, but it's really mellow post rock as their support. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, honestly, in terms of support, I think they would be better with like heavy black metal. Yeah. Because they are a heavy band. I know they've got a lot of the cleans and the chanting as their big thing, um, like the kind of the spiritual yeah, element. Yeah. And that is a good hook to get people who don't know
1: black metal in. But
3: engage so the black metal. Yeah, yeah.
1: I feel Zelenardo like from the live shows I've watched as well, going to see them is like, you know, rip like whipping a cult up into a gigantic frenzy to chant about, you know, a good god is a dead one as for the first album. But you know, it's that sort of thing. And their live performance seems to play into that, yeah, like yeah. amazingly. Um so yeah, I feel that would make sense. I mean, they're currently touring around the States with Baroness and
0: Death Heaven, which will oh, okay. probably lead yeah, yeah. to great coffee shortages around cities, <laughs> yeah. as every barista in the city oh, is busy for a day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there, there was yeah. a high proportion of man buns in that, <laughs> <laughs> that crowd. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm really impressed by how heavy this album sounds at times, because yeah, it's yeah. got these bits that are just, you know, nice blues sections where man, Manuel's sort of, you know, singing these little blues spirituals that he's come up with, uh, with, you know, some clapping or some drums, and then out of nowhere uh this like guitar will start playing you're like huh that's a bit weird and then like it will go full into like this like heavy like black metal or like more rock influenced section um and yeah like i love some of the lyrics that he's got in this like uh, there's i can't remember which song it is um ship on fire which yeah, is yeah. the beginning of that song like i love the little stories that he creates out of the um spirituals that he has and out of the lyrics and it's really fantastic Bass playing on this is wonderful as well. Yeah, the,
0: the, this is the other thing I really like live, and the bass was well up in the mix. Yeah. Where Whereas the first song doesn't even have a bass guitar on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's like that, and the real drums are one really interesting change of the sound. I'm still not sure if I like this more than the first one.
1: I, I kind of love I don't know. Because I think the first one still has the best song, which is Blood in the River, because mm. that song is like it. It is Zio and down to a T. Like, that song is so good. I think this album is more consistent just because they've got a proper lineup. They've tested yeah. the ideas out because this is a new idea. It's not something that's been really done. And bringing it all together with a full lineup and touring it around, I'm sure, helps them pull that all together much more easily. And with and,
0: and the full band playing all the stuff, the two really gel together. Both albums yeah. really work live. I think for me, like, my absolute highlight of this is
1: the chorus to Don't Look Away or Don't oh, You Don't Look Away it's really that, good and yeah. that live like
0: yeah it's intense <laughs> yeah
1: Manuel's vocals are still amazing like he brings so much to it so much charisma he's got these great like sort of black metal shrieks but his, his clean vocals and his like slightly distorted clean vocals are I think some of the heaviest parts of this they are so heartfelt and so like powerful when you hear them
3: morning might never come round these parts are never gonna come up morning might never come round These parts are never gonna come 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 up. Warning might never come around. These parts are never gonna come up. Warning might never come around. These parts are never gonna come up.
0: So a couple of albums this year that were really good, but just not quite I crossing into what I'd say was brilliant. We had Ales, The Unraveling, which is um, the two women from Ludicra. They've mm. reformed as a new black metal outfit, doing kind of in the Ludicra vein. It's just not quite as good as Ludicra okay, without yeah. John Cobbett and Aesop Decker. I mean, mm. these two are so great. The vocals are amazing. The guitar performances are really good. It was Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good album, The Unraveling. Um Necros Christos released a fucking triple album. Um Jesus. which Necros Christos is one of these bands where they're really pretentious, but their actual songs aren't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like their songs more or less are kind of quite old school first wave black metal yeah, with little yeah. bits of death metal and a great production sound to them. But every album they do this, or at least the latest two, they do this thing of song. In, like, song intro, song intro, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and like testament of the ancients, pestilence style. Yeah, yeah, and I don't get it. I don't like some of the intros work, some don't. And I, with this, it's like two and a bit hours, and it's just if this was a bit more condensed, it would be incredible. Yeah, but it, yeah.
1: as it is, it's just a touch overblown. Yeah, that structure, when you're pushing well over two hours, is sort of like you really need to start trimming things at this point. Yeah, uh, and
0: then the final one, which is a more recent purchase for me, was The Secret's Lust Tenebris. The Secret are like mm. an American, I think, think they kind of came from like a kind of hardcore metalcore world, and mm. then just turned the distortion up to 11, <laughs> uh, and they've made some really good albums. Like, uh, I'm going to be blanking the name of the one two before this, mm. but like that one was incredible, and this is really good. But it's just like 15 minutes of oh, okay, kind of yeah, really yeah. cool, fuzzed out, hyper, like aggressive, uh, not so much technical, but like kind of almost like black metal with a bit of a death metal aesthetic. Mm, they're, mm. they're just a really interesting band. I did really enjoy this EP.
1: Yeah. I guess sort of fitting within black metal as well to some extent is the new Primordial album, um, Exile Among the Ruins, I think is the name. yeah. Which yeah. I really liked actually. So the thing that I think it does really nicely is that it it pulls together the more black metal elements they've been bringing back on the last so on um, Where Greater Men Have Fallen they've started to bring back some more extreme more black metal elements and I feel this album pulls them together with their more epic, you know, really high powerful vocals that Primordial have been doing for a while now. It sits them together a bit more nicely um, and is really, really strong. It's a little bit too long is the only thing I'd say about it. Um, I think it's eight tracks I can't remember off the top of my head but A lot of the songs on it are very long. It's a little over an hour, the album. And um, some of them are a little bit too long. But generally speaking, it's got these massive choruses. The bits like um, Where Greater Men Have Fallen from the album before, it has all of those bits. And it has lots of them throughout the album. Mm.
3: Um,
1: And it just integrates their sort of more catchier, groovier stuff with the black metal elements, and it does that spectacularly amazing vocal performance as always. Just you know, otherworldly. Alan is a fantastic vocalist, so yeah, 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 I really enjoyed this one. I still need to give it some more time. Um, it did, I think it was quite an early one, but I came on it quite late. Um, but yeah, if you want that really epic, sort of up there, but with those harsh elements too, then definitely check out the new Primordial, it's really solid.
0: Cool. I think that brings us to the final category of the giant death metal pile, which <laughs> <is> <laughs> Death yeah. Metal just seems to be either it's because this is where me and Rob look, but it does yeah. seem to be a genre it's just getting massive. There's so many yeah. so many brilliant bands. So this year, like there's quite a lot I've been listening to kind of all all over the place. Like we've had really brilliant stuff like um Ulphas Cosmovore, which is mm. guys from like vastum extremity, um, uh was the, the black metal band with the best name ever uh pandascordian necrogenesis <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I a guy yeah, from that city as yeah. well. This <laughs> is this um kind of death metal friy piece who just made this incredibly tight, incredibly restrained hideous half
1: hour of death metal. Yeah. But it's it's got this sort of like Lovecraftian slightly blackened twist to it as well. There's some bits where it has these more black metal style streaks with blast beats and tremolo picking and then right at the end in the final track at Dunwich Hall it brings in these like atmospheric keyboards and that for me is like such an amazing moment. Mm. It's one of my favourite moments of anything this year is when it Flips it and brings. Yeah, we're going to be really atmospheric and then build up this. It's and the thing is the death metal sounds dirty on it, and I
2: love yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Like it just sounds sort of filthy and.
0: Yeah, it's certainly got some of, like the nastiness of a band like Vastum.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and like the, the cover is it's, fucking perfect. Yeah. It is just this twisted horror it's, it, you know <laughs> much like you say it's like something like Sepultura's Arise where you just look yeah. at the cover going like oh god what the
1: fuck is yeah, that yeah <laughs> monster with tentacles and eyes and mouths everywhere and the colour palette's lovely as well it's like yeah. this really orange sky in the backdrop um, yeah Cosmovore was a fantastic album
0: yeah definitely like all for a band I'm completely new to but yeah mm. sort of I guess unsurprising given the calibre of the musicians involved who released their mm. first proper full-length uh, Coffin Birth this year which essentially just got ignored by me because it's not as good as Ulfar yeah. for Shelby and then like Aesop, the drummer's performance is so much better than Karada like it's you yeah. it sort of just kind of, I, I don't know, I, I didn't it's, go back to that Yeah, much. like
1: it's, it's a pretty solid album I, I enjoyed listening to it it just didn't have that sort of Horrible, dirty feeling that a lot of these other death metal albums cover. But, like, it's still really solid, and I love that it's just sort of like classic, no frills death metal. Just we're going to go out there and just play some death metal and have fun.
0: In terms of the kind of like more disgusting death metal, um, there's been a couple of really good ones. uh, Abstractors' Cinerus Incarnate Mm. is a great, really dark one. Um, Hissing put out their first full length uh, Permanent Destitution, which was. It's it's well put together but it's just too low five for me. Yeah. I, I was yeah. really looking forward to the first hissing full length and I just I couldn't quite get on board mm. with this One in that kind of thing I really loved is Corpse uh Impetus of Death.
1: Yes, yeah, like, this was really good.
0: This is slightly less of like it's a bit more user friendly than those yeah, two. Like yeah. Yeah. I had a I had a
1: fucking weird album. I love the cover. I love the well. cover, love the cover really so much. Cool. Like it's very unsettling. It's this like weird spider like creature and yeah yeah um, it's it's just like it's very riff heavy
0: but it's got this huge production sound to it mm-hmm. like the way the guitars are mixed is really fucking crushing yeah and yeah. like some amazing low death metal vocals on it
1: mm-hmm. yeah just one I need to give it a bit more time but really enjoying yeah. so far along that line as well we had two mold which has been talked about a yeah, lot yeah. man of infinite forms which was brilliant like it, it had the same thing that old far had possibly even more so of just sounding disgusting like it has that death metal guitar tone where you hear it and you go immediately, right, I love that guitar and I'm happy with whatever that guitar does. But it's a really interesting album which um, is in a way sort of no thrills death metal but has this massive energy to it and it's constantly moving around and doing new things um, and is still at the same time sort of crushing and aggressive but feels feels really live and like you're in the room and this is one of those things that there's a few other um, albums that I've seen on other top ten lists this year where Listen to it and the sort of death metal and extreme metal albums where I thought that production's just flat, you know, yep, it's really yeah. clicky and I. I'm not feeling anything out of it. It's just sort of heaviness for the sake of being heavy. Whereas these albums like Tom Mold feel alive and lived in, and yeah, was well, yeah. the name suggests, you know, a bit disgusting and stuff like that. So I love that that stuff is still coming out on mass. Like there's loads of that. I think another one in that
0: vein, which I think you particularly really love, with was uh, of Feather and Bones' Bestial Hymns
1: of the Virgin. Yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, this. This is one like I've struggled with all year because it's it's really uncompromising, unsettling, and right up there and I've never I yeah. It's it feels like you're gonna be attacked by this album at some (laughs) point. Like it's a really sort of the guitars are really brutal and the vocals are guttural and it will just like break into like early death style blast beats and stuff and yeah, it's, it's a really
0: decent album but I have exactly the same problem I have with Kingdom Disdain by Morbid Angel last year mm. of the drums are so loud in the mix I find yeah. it a bit overpowering and a bit yeah. hard to listen to
1: yeah because it, it, when you first listen to it you are immediately struck by that and you have that just instant sort of oh god yeah that's happening but yeah after a while it becomes a little bit more difficult to pick out the other elements and it's not quite as much balance as there could be yeah, but still yeah. yeah just like a great unsettling death metal experience
0: truly yeah um, we should probably mo- more move into some of the kind of like decent tech death this year as well, because mm-hmm. there's been a load of that. One that I think will be top of a lot of people's lists um, is Horrendous's Idol. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, this album is really decent. If you like your old school kind of like atheist pestilence, that kind of sound, yeah. Horrendous have really made this great leap as well. I think they've got a new bass player in for this album. And the thing that's changed between the two is like, this
1: is crazy jazz bass playing yes, under yeah, all yeah. the riffing. Like. It's one of those wonderful things where the more you listen to it, like you, you don't notice it at first, and then as soon as you've noticed a little bit of it, you go back and listen to the whole album, and you think, God, it's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just missed it. And it's this whole extra element which, on further listens, you get to unpick more and more and mm. more. And I love that out of an album where you just get more every time you listen to it.
0: Yeah, it, it's one I've
1: really loved. I see, the one thing that kind of
0: lets it down slightly is the vocals are just fine. Yeah, I I really like the style. I feel it could have used a little bit more variation, I I suppose. I think the problem is it's it's that thing you have with that kind of band where the vocalist has to have an eye to the fact he's got to play guitar at the same time later, so can't really... Stretch outside those limits. You can't. Mm. You can't do the the kind of older cryptopsy thing where there is no rhythmical coherency in the vocals and the riffs. Yeah,
1: but yeah, and it's got an absolutely brilliant album cover. I love the album cover for it. Yeah, it's really sort of these crosses everywhere, and really this alien face. It's
0: yeah, the kind of burst apart mm. alien face. Yeah, that mm. that one I really like. In a very similar vein, actually, uh the band Moss upon the Skull. uh Their I think this is their debut album. Inventual Reverence is very similarly kind of aimed at those kind of fans of that old school tech death, like, you know, the technical metal mm. from in the day. And I'd say he's really up there with this one of just being massively complexly written, lots of great interplay between guitar and bass, mm. not being too much like um, Idol actually is, and not too self-indulgent. Um, and then also both these albums have... Little bits of clean vocals, yes, which really yeah, add in yeah. an interesting manner. Particularly
1: when you're going down that thing of like Atheist and Cynic and all these old technical death metal bands, it's nice to see that in there as well, that just mm. extra sonic element.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know, I really enjoyed both of these. I don't know which one of the two I really prefer, but yeah, those mm. those are really decent... Love and I think you really got into this year was
1: yeah. River Niles. Yeah, Rivers of Nile. Where owls know my name, um, which like I think I think the idea behind the name is that owls say twit twoo as in who. So where owls know your name, who? So they don't know your name. I don't know. I've seen people throwing that round. That I hope come. it's not. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a really interesting one. So I like I had bits and pieces of Rivers of Nile beforehand, but I'd, they'd never really clicked with me. Um but this album's really, really good. It's huge and sprawling, it's got loads of like weird diversions, it includes saxophones into it. Yeah. Really yeah. great riffing. Like there's some really catchy riffs which will then evolve into these giant passages. Fantastic drum performance on it as well, particularly on songs like A Home, where you start off with this really catchy riff, and then it builds this like really energetic drum performance in. My only slight criticism is that the drum sound is is okay. The, yeah. There are some points where you've got really fast double bass where it just becomes too clicky and it doesn't yeah, feel... Yeah. It just feels a bit wrong. It doesn't feel as heavy and as live as it did beforehand. Um, but great vocal range as well. Loads of yeah, yeah. vocals on this, um, included with the saxophones and stuff. I love their singer's um, voice as well. The sort of yeah, harsh vocals it. he has, fantastic. It like, adds so much emphasis to stuff, so... I really, really liked this one, and the really um,
0: interesting bass playing that cuts through—not quite ooh, as jazz
1: influenced as, mm. uh, say, um, horrendous—but there's certainly something there. Yeah, yeah, the bass playing is just really nice. It really gave all of their all of the different bits had a chance to shine on it because it's a gigantic album, and it's got so many twists and turns in it. But it's, yeah, it's really worth listening to, and I think yeah, a lot of people really picked up that this was a highlight release of the year.
0: Yeah, and I would uh, say exactly the same. problem Rob, has is I'm just not in love with that drum sound and that. Yeah. that does start to grind them like a bit towards the end a bit of the album. A shame
1: because the drum performance is phenomenal. Yeah, I you love God, you know he's excellent. Yeah, yeah.
0: and looking forward, we're going to see them live supporting um, revocation on
1: yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, on Tuesday. So that should be really good, along with Archfire. Um, another thing that came out in death metal that was really cool was Monstrosities album, The Passage yes. of the Existence. I love this one. This is like punishing death metal, but interesting and weird and really inventive riffing, which is just sort of moving around all over the place. And there's bits of it that remind me of like Lamb of God, but really good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's bits of it that are sort of like these. The the vocals are phenomenal. I really like the vocals vocals on this. There's bits of it that remind me of Randy Blythe with riffs underneath it, which almost could be a Lamb of God thing. But then they'll like switch it up and they'll go into a really fast death metal riff, which is something that, you know, Lamb of God have never really approached. So, yeah, I thought this was. I loved it. It was fairly straightforward but really inventive I, th- I think
0: Monstrosity always been quite a straightforward band like so I got into them when their last album came out mm. which I think is like 2008 or something I <laughs> thought they were done like, oh, right. yeah, so this yeah. album was really exciting because like, I thought Monstrosity was just gone like as most people know this band is like breeding around for members of Cannibal Corpse Yeah. yeah. so they might be losing a guitarist soon <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
0: but yeah so like Passive Music really like lived up to where they left off with spiritual apocalypse, I think was the last one, um, and he's very much in that same vein. If you've heard that one, so it's it's quite clean death metal, yeah, but yeah, which is with really excellent performances, amazing guitar solos, like yeah, really good guitar yeah. work on this. That's the thing, and, and the riffs are so inventive as well. They're yeah. like every riff on it's interesting,
1: and I love
0: that. I find the drummer really interesting as well. I think he does this more on the previous one, but there's lots of stuff where, than doing one snare hit, he'll do four, yeah, where, like, <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Like the, the
1: snare beat will just be like. Like uh, just yeah. yeah, there's a lot of little fills like that where it's a little bit sort of staccato. Where normally you'd have a couple of hits, and you'd like do it, do it instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just just a lot
0: of that's quite engaging about this. Um, trying to think what oh, there's one I found yesterday that's absolutely amazing. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. this is Obliteration's Cenotaph Obscure and Obliteration. Uh, I got really into them back when Necros the second album came out. They do this amazing. They're like a Norwegian death metal band, which is quite a rarity they do this amazing, horrendous, like, old-school death metal, but definitely through that lens of trying to make it weird and creepy. Mm. There's a lot of, like, Finnish death metal influence mixed with kind of some of the Swedish sound. Like, And the new album I've only listened to once, obviously, but really feels like it's carrying this on. Guitar tone's incredible. It's definitely mm. one of those ones that I'm gutted I've just
1: noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess in sort of slightly different death metal there was the Monolith Death Cults um, V2 V2, um, which like from the singles that came out which was The Fist of Stalin and something else I didn't quite get it but I've now had a chance to listen through to it a few times and I must say it makes so much more sense as a full album yeah, uh, yeah, and I love that they're continuing on the completely ridiculous route of bringing in weird voices they've moved on from Optimus Prime to having a pretty good David Attenborough impersonator on it and it's really funny
0: yeah the, the, so like Modern of Death got I think are more and more leaning into the slightly comic direction but yeah. comic mixed with like this really hefty modern death metal with lots of epic orchestral kind of Overlay, which
1: is about Stalin's Russia so it is still like as always they've dealt with really heavy subject matter about as heavy as you can go and this album's you know leaning more atmospheric and with more like sort of keys and samples and stuff like that make it bigger and sound huge less sort of of the technical death metal but it does get a really sinister vibe at some points which I really like in this big atmospheric machine that they've created
0: I'd say I definitely think this is a huge step up from Verses, which I wasn't quite Mm. so into like, if this isn't good, it's just this, this I think, is it's far more focused and, like, the best thing mm. they've done since Tetragrammaton. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else so this year? Oh, yeah, there's Phanontology's uh, EP, which is really excellent. Mm. It's medical-themed, kind of, deathy grind in that kind of carcass vein. But, like, it's kind of can't be grind because it's too technical and proficient <laughs> and like polished it's really polished yeah. but then the songs are like one minute long with like weird medical <laughs> samples uh, and they've added in a, a second guitarist which has just like fleshed out the sound massively re- I think this is probably my favourite EP of the year oh ah, right It's yeah, r- yeah. I, have you listened to it at all I haven't had a chance to listen to this one no uh, so it's definitely yeah. worth looking up they a ridiculous image <laughs> Um, death metal release that, or the one that was really big for us that we haven't covered yet is um, Imperial Triumphant's uh, "Vile yeah, Luxury." Triumphant. Yeah,
1: this is a weird one. So Imperial Triumphant take the sort of death metal vibe of bands like Ulcerate or Portal or something like that, and mix it with like New York style jazz um, and like those little those little hints of black metal that you get in bands like Portal as well. Um and they are absolutely mad. Their their guitar player doesn't seem to be playing guitar half the time. I've watched some playthrough videos of some of the rips where he's playing them through, and it just doesn't look like he's playing a guitar. The things he's doing are so odd. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I mean I love the name Vile Luxury and one of the songs off it as well, Swarming Opulence. Swarming like, Opulence is amazing. They're capturing this feel and you know, they're sort of capturing the idea of New York City as this sort of they capture the cool idea of it, of what you might think it's like through these jazz sections, but they're always a bit sinister and odd. Mm. And then it will go into this just absolutely barbaric death metal, which is all over the place with like weird saxophone bits coming in. Uh, it's like jazz piano as well. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's
0: no, it's not saxophone. It's,
1: uh, it's a not. four piece horn section.
0: It's oh, trumpet, yeah. tuba, trombone. I mean, it might, maybe there's two trumpet so there's a four-piece yeah. horn
1: section on it which is yeah. how they get that sound like and you know. it's yeah and it mixes that with the yeah just and the drummer there's a drum playthrough video for oh, is it has to be watched it's ridiculous I do not know how he is keeping time but he's throwing in all of these ideas and all of these blast beats and all these weird fills and stuff and it's just this absolute cacophony of madness going on it's and a very creative album I like,
0: like I yeah as you say I have real trouble when listening to penetrating what is actually happening in, yeah. in kind of practical playing terms like, yeah, yeah. And, and the vocals are really cool they're kind of like quite low in the mix but they're like just
1: background
3: and then there are like, some
1: bits where you just have these hellish screams like yeah. much higher and more black metal which emphasise these bits and they will come out of nowhere and really scare the shit out of you when you're listening to it But yeah the, 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 the only real criticism I have about it is because it's a very creative kind of album they have
0: really packed it as full as they could like it's about mm. 70 minutes long it's quite a difficult
1: album to listen to in yeah. one sitting because it's so kind of confusing and intense. It's one of those things where there are so many fantastic ideas going along here and the sort of chaotic feeling that it gets like trying to depict New York City in a different way where they're all from and mix that with the jazz which you know evokes traditional ideas of what you might think New York City sounds like. Uh it feels like it could be a little bit more condensed because it is throwing so many weird ideas at you and it is it is difficult to process. But I love that there are bands like Imperial Triumph who oh, are doing yeah. this and going in all these weird directions and creating things that, you know, you'd show this to someone who isn't into metal and they wouldn't think it's music. But I love that people are pushing the boundaries of these genres.
0: And, and they have an amazing aesthetic as well. I really want to see them live because yeah. they play in these, like, like these kind of black robes wearing these kind of metropolis style, yeah, uh, yeah these like golden, golden Statue of <laughs> Liberty
1: style masks, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. really cool.
0: Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it for albums we want to talk about this year. I don't know if you had um, uh,
1: um, I think so. Talking about EPs, there's an EP that I really got into like a couple of months ago, which is Nochnoi Dazor uh, from Greece, which means Night's Watch. they've uh, got one of the guitarists from Universe 217 who comes in uh, and cool. plays this EP with them really cool it sort of takes ideas from Universe 217 but makes it a bit more I guess a bit more rocky poppy and a bit gothic but they have they've got two vocalists uh, one who's on keys and one who's just doing vocals for them and the interplay that they have between them is really interesting and really exciting. I
0: think you send me a link to this and I've got around to watching it. Like, Yeah, yeah no, I do need to check this out.
1: There's some really cool live performances that you can watch of it as well and they're, they're great to watch. Um, yeah, just really interesting sort of slightly haunting gothic rock style thing which I, I was really on board with.
0: I think Universe 2 and 7 were always amazing for that kind of inventiveness with using guitar like yeah. that guitarist is very he like he often plays i think with one of the dual neck guitars or one's mm. a 12 string or one's yeah, a six yeah. string and using a 12 string guitar in doom is something i've, I've not seen before no, like no. i can't think of an example of if you
1: like universe two and seven like definitely check this out because yeah. you'll, you'll like it but it's distinct enough that it's its own entity
0: also if we miss any albums you love they might be in our top 10 which we've kind of completely glossed over as we are talking yes. about those on the next episode <laughs> And, and there's probably loads we just haven't heard. There's yeah, like, loads of stuff we'll have missed. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's ones I've probably missed off this list that I want to mention. But... There's,
1: there's some that I've noticed that I completely missed them coming out, so Haken have a new album out, which I completely missed. It's, it's, it's over there. Like I have a oh, copy yeah, of yeah. my mum for Christmas, oh, but right, I, I haven't yeah. actually
0: listened. But... Um,
1: I've only managed to give the new Unleashed like a single listen and not really enough to talk about it. Like I don't have enough to say, but I should have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the... loads of stuff out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and I'm completely missed obliteration till like last yeah. minute as well. Like, <laughs> um, so we we're going to do a quick thing of like some other awards for the year. I don't know if you've got anything.
1: Yeah, and there's a few things just to talk about first. I think there's been a like in terms of what's happened in metal in general. So a couple of bands have disbanded, who I just wanted to highlight. So Rush have finally, <laughs> finally stopped, uh, and I'm fortunate enough to have seen them. No, before uh, they're They're amazing, but, you know, Russia finally called it a day, so I think that sort of marks the end of an era for progressive music. They're so influential on many bands that we've talked about today and many bands we will talk about in the future. Devin Townsend Project has also gone on hiatus. Um, yeah. Sort of probably forever. So
0: Yeah, Devin seems like he's done with it, but you never know he's with these kind of things. He's an unpredictable man. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um Bands that have reformed Vomitry and Tenager yeah. Cavalry, so yeah, that's yeah, exciting. I didn't um, even really... know
0: Tenager Cavalry broke up. That... No, did I? <laughs> I swear they released an album last year. That was a short
1: breakup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so I don't know, but that's exciting. I'm looking. No, I'm Vometry fucking back. psyched about vomiting him yeah. back. I really want to see him live. <laughs> yeah, couple of additional things, and um, so, be- well, Judas Priest released an album this year. Um, oh yeah, which was really quite solid. But you know, it's big news with Judas Priest. So Glenn Tipton left Judas Priest as a live guitarist um, as a diagnosis with Parkinson's disease and other sort of sad things that happened this year. Dave Holland, who played drums on British Steel and Screaming for Vengeance and a couple of other Priest albums, passed away, um, as did Fast Eddie Clarke from Motorhead, Vinnie Paul from Pantera... Um, those are the ones that really stood out to me. They're, I mean, there, there were quite a lot of other ones. It's always like sad reading when you look back through, you know, the people we've lost this year. I think particularly
0: bands like Judas Priest, is that they are just getting on a bit. The thing is uh, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned like Bloodstock. Uh, Glenn Tipton did join him on stage oh, for, the oh, yeah, wow, yeah. Played, tell, for the encore. Yeah, yeah, he played guitar for the encore. Whereas he had Andy Sneap filling in yes, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. But it's like so.
1: I, I did enjoy Firepower. I've seen it on a lot of like end of the year lists. I want to say it's quite. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put it up there, but it's that sort of thing of like, I'm so happy that Judas Priest is still around and they're not making absolute shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like
1: a lot of other bands have been around for a while.
0: I think, though, this is definitely like, they're probably coming to an end soon. Yeah, cause... yeah. So at least they've gone out doing some of this solid, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, if only Metallica could. <laughs> if
1: only Metallica would just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess we can get on to the awards now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember even what cash screws I gave for this book. Okay. Um, so we have Best Album Cover, um, where I've got a bit of a two-way tie, and I think we agree on one of them. Yeah. Um, so I really love the Evoking cover cover for Hypnagogia. It's got yeah. this sort of barbed wire with this owl sitting on a fence post, and the whole album's about World War One. so it's, I just find it so evocative. And I think you were saying it? it's by the same artist who did Infrared Horizon. Yeah, for which, you, which I fucking love. Um, one of our favourites from last year, so...
0: Yeah, um, for me, it's, and I think you mentioned as well, is size Air to the Spare, yes. which all I'll say about it is, it doesn't look like much on first look, just keep looking at it. It's yeah, really yeah. good. It's,
1: it's one of those things that, it evolves as you watch it, so <laughs> which, yes, you've got to look at
3: it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we then have most ridiculously named things. So I've got a bit of a list here. I don't no. know if you have yeah, any. No, I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually find <laughs> any out for this in the end. So um, Black Label Society released a Greatest Hits album, uh, and they went for the clearly the most inventive pun of that, which was "Grimmest Hits." <laughs> <laughs> Just thinks a bit shit. It's dreadful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Anselmo and the illegals released an album. Well, released an album which I think they think is a really clever title, but I don't think means anything. It's called "Choosing Mental Illness as a Virtue." Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, but I'm sure they think it's very clever. Um, we have someone who we've mentioned before, Manticora, who are fantastic, but their album is called To, Live, to Kill, To Live, To yeah, Kill. Yeah, we already brought up how <laughs> that doesn't sense. make any sense. Lair of the Minotaur released an album which is just a dumb dragon eagle of chaos, which <laughs> right. sounds like someone who's translating D&D things from a different language. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Know, maybe it's maybe it's, pr- it's quite fun, but yeah. And then my final one, um, Five Finger Death Punch uh, released an album called And Justice For None. <laughs> which is probably the least creative thing I've ever heard. And I've listened to their music, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that's mean, but that is a, a dumb album title.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we've already basically covered best DP for me personally. It'd definitely be Phantologies. I won't attempt to pronounce the name, but <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I would have gone with Nocturnal Dazur for that. Yeah. Um, best debut. Best debut. The, well, this the, so Best debut would probably be
0: like stuff we're going to in the top ten. I like think we, we've so, got two yeah. debuts in there, yeah. and there it's just the fight of do super groups count? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, But um, let's say like say like Moss upon the Skull is definitely up there. Is like yeah, a really true. strong yeah. debut album. Yeah, yeah. I would I would
1: put Carada up there as well. I really yeah, like that
0: one. Yeah, yeah. Carrada though I'd say is again is cheating because those guys. Are, <laughs> it's like, you can't do a <laughs> debut album if you've already released ten albums. <laughs>
1: like, <that's, laughs> yeah, I
0: suppose. Um, best live shows. So yeah, I think we've both got one. So obviously, me and Rob are going to see loads of stuff live. Like I go to a gig like probably twice a month. So mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. actually, we were playing live with our band a lot this year. So we saw loads of cool stuff like yeah. Necrot. Um, was a particular highlight. Yeah, actually,
1: Necrot was one of the ones I had down. Um, damn him! Damn him as well. Partially <laughs> because like they were both fantastic, and I haven't seen either of them before, so it was amazing. Partially also because you get to play with them, and that's an amazing experience. And actually, the
0: Damage gig was headlined by Rays by Owls, who are really fun live. They (laughs) they
1: had a wall of death based on whether you pronounce scone, scone, or scone. That's (laughs) the most (laughs) middle-class death metal experience I've ever been (laughs) part of. That was fucking amazing. (laughs) It was really badly weighted to one side. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember which, actually,
0: but... That was, yeah, so that was great. One I saw right at the start of the year who like, were one of the albums I really loved last year that didn't quite get into our top 20 was Armin Ra, uh, uh, being yeah. supported by Boris. Boris, actually, really great live. I hear they're very hit or miss, but mm. supporting that, they did a really brilliantly apocalyptic show. But then Armin Ra are just something you've got to see. Like, I won't go too much into it, but it's just that kind of idea of we've slowed hardcore right down yeah oh okay yeah and it's a couple of guys obviously from Vig and Dodd and Oathbreaker Mm, who are just that that little core of musicians is making some of the most
1: interesting stuff going at the moment another one we both went along to which stood out for me was Elder who we saw here in Bristol Elder was
0: pretty good yeah
1: because I mean they're one of those ones which again didn't make our list for last year but Reflection of a Pale World was a really interesting album um, and they're just one of those things where I think mean, I'm a little bit more into stoner rock than you but it's, yeah, it's, definitely. it's not my main genre it's not my go-to for really anything but Elder do it really really well really inventive guitar playing and stuff so they're just a cool example of that genre which definitely you know, yeah, to they, less
0: they're definitely up there Like I really do love that album. I think the problem with that gig was it was Eclipse by two days later I saw Yob with Vegan Dog in yes, support yeah. and that was incredible yeah, like, yeah. And particularly the black metal band where the thing was just like oh this is the shit. Like, this yeah. is so good yeah. live. I talk about this a lot on Into the Combine. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, Yob are absolutely amazing. They're doing a much heavier set than when I saw them two years ago. I'd say two years ago, both me and my girlfriend Belle thought that set was a bit better, which was the more clearing uh, okay, After Ascend yeah. heavy one. Um, but yeah, regular guest Caitlin completely disagrees and no, thinks right. that a fly show of the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah so
1: rounding out live shows the two which I think are the best the first was our primitive man who played here in Bristol it was on a Monday night I I miss this one and it was one of the most like soul destroying things I've ever watched like it's just crushing the sound they were playing in a pub called The Old England and the sound there is always really loud yeah, um, and yeah. for primitive man, it was just like bone crunching. Um, you know, you could stand outside with earplugs in, and it would be like you were a normal gig, essentially. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was absolutely crushing. It was one most, he- it's one of the most, one of the probably the heaviest thing I've ever seen. It was ridiculous, uh, but yeah, they're exceptional.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, like uh, we both really loved
1: um, Caustic last year, yeah, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just glad that band are getting out there and doing stuff. Mm. Um, and the other one, which we both made it along to, was uh, Bellwitch as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a shit, wasn't it? And they played, well, they played, like, the first half of Mirror Reaper, or, like, 50 minutes of Mirror Reaper, and it was spellbinding. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, that was
0: that was a very good set. I would say that I think I preferred Bellwitch touring the older material, mm. because I don't like Mirror Reaper as much as I like Four Phantoms. Okay, yeah. I, I was, like, Four Phantoms, I just... Because it's a bit more varied, yeah, because it isn't yeah, just yeah. one piece, and that... Also, that gig they were supporting ulcerate, right? so that was both. Right, yes, one of the that was sort of genre whiplash. You know? Oh, that was amazing! <laughs> that was such a good evening. Yeah. But yeah, they, they seeing them This time was really solid, and they're yeah. definitely a band you need to get out and see live if you can deal with doom. Yeah. If you can't, it's yeah. not for you. Don't. No. <laughs> you no, will, no, be, no, very will very be very bored.
1: <laughs> one of the things I absolutely love is they were playing at a venue called the Exchange, and um, the Exchange make a playlist on Spotify of the gigs that are coming up. So they'll put a single song from each band. And most of these are pop-punk bands. So, you know, you have a three-minute song, maybe a six-minute song. But for Bellwitch, they put on their most recent song, which is Mirror Reaper, which is (laughs) 83 minutes long. So I I just, I want to meet someone who, like, thought, oh, look at what's on at the Exchange this week, heard a few pop-punk songs, and then got 83 minutes of the slowest doom imaginable. That's incredible. That's great. That's really good. Uh, Yeah, I think... Were there any live albums? that you... No, um, I haven't
0: bought a single live album this year. I put that category in there because it's annoying something good for I haven't bought a single live album live DVD this year.
1: The only thing I've sort of found is there's, and I don't know if this is actually released as a DVD or not, but there's a live Vader release with the Rise of the Empire tour in Asia. Oh, Um, yeah. It's, I have just watched it the other day actually, just through YouTube. I just stumbled across it. And, it's amazingly high-quality footage of Vader playing, and it's just really cool. Because I mean, Vader have got a bunch of live stuff out, but this is some of the most high-quality footage I've seen. And the set list on it's really good. Did they do so, the thing? Because they did something really weird at Damnation where they played
0: like chronologically.
1: I don't think so.
0: Because uh, that's, that's that I'd like to see captured. That they, would be interesting. Because he's quite—it's a smaller set, so not much time. But I'd love to see him have an hour and a half and play. Yeah, chronologically through everything that would be really
1: interesting yeah no I'd as a highlight as well because it was, it was just some really high quality footage of mm-hmm. Vader playing and I love watching that yeah Vader still, are a very good live band it's still amazing <laughs> to watch uh, yeah
0: but yeah so join us on the next episode for our proper top ten like this has just been us discussing everything else we enjoyed and it's easier to do in this
1: form because we can just sort of free form and don't have to prepare yeah. quite as hard as doing uh, the top twenty. I think we found when we recorded the top twenty last time it was about four four and a half hours of straight recording, and we were both nearly dead by the end trying to sound enthusiastic about these amazing bands. So. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Uh, this, this <laughs> has
0: been. A lot, I think I think we've settled on the format now.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so uh, as usual, hit us up with stuff you've really enjoyed this year, like and and equally hit us with like the live shows and that because if you're not based in the same area as us you've probably got some amazing stuff we didn't even see there's been some crazy American tours recently Mm. Um, yeah so get in touch at Breakfast Metal on Twitter Phil's Breakfast Metal at gmail.com or just search Phil's Breakfast Metal on Facebook (sighs) rate and review us on iTunes would be great like and yeah Yeah. like I think we'll have another episode out in about a week
1: after this one yeah and share this if anyone's interested and let us know what things have been the highlight of your 2018